This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Welcome back to Talkville, folks, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast where each week Tom Welling and I go back along with Ryan. We go back way back. We watch every episode of the show that changed our lives and perhaps your lives, too, whether you like it or not, whether you like it or not. And we discuss it with you. Uh, if you didn't get a chance to call in and leave your questions for this episode, make sure you get some in future episodes. That phone number is our hotline, 213-538-2883. That's 213-538-2883. You might be looking at Tom's computer screen and notice that he's very bright this morning. We are doing this early in the morning, so we're all a little out of it. So maybe we'll even be what? more forthcoming, more honest. Excuses it looks like already orbs. coming out. It looks like orbs are just flying around you. Maybe it's just, <laughs> oh, I see that. Yeah, it's kind of uh, creepy. Yeah. It's just, it's Mer- Mercury's in retrograde or something. Did you see that? I saw that, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I've been seeing. Uh, listen, listen, our socials are, please follow us, write a review. It's very important, especially with a new show, for you to write reviews, follow us on our handles, and support us the best you can. Uh, yeah, Ryan reads them all. Yep. What? Oh, yeah, he does. He does. Ryan he will read all them. those comments. I do get tweeted at now. Yeah, yeah, good. We're all getting tweeted at. <laughs> At Talkville Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok, and at Talkville Pod on the Twitter. Um, lot to talk about. Lot to talk about. Without this the, episode, uh, Reefer is really Reefer. Uh, Reefer. I like that. Hey man, this next episode is called Reefer. All right. Without further ado, let's get into season one, episode seventeen. This is Reaper. Folks, thank you for um, sticking around, you know, uh, watching every episode, supporting the podcast, watching with us, calling in, being a patron. Uh, patron is so important uh, for this show, especially now. We don't have a lot of advertisers and we're, we're trying to grow. And your support, if you want to go to patreon.com slash Talkville, support the podcast. Um, top tier podcasts get their names mentioned at the end of every episode. And uh, it means a lot for the show. It means even more to Michael. Uh. (laughs) it really means a lot all right look the title is reaper it aired april 23rd 2002 uh right around the time my grandma died i remember that director terrence (laughs) o'hara who i adore i I loved working with terrence he was a great guy terrence was was great terrence was like a he was like the baseball coach you wanted you know when you're on a even like when you're on a losing team he he's the guy who's like let's go we still got this like don't give up he was that kind of guy I love yeah him. and the crew really loved him and whenever he got mad it was you were like oh shit because he never got mad so you go all right come on let's focus here and you're like oh yeah. shit terrence is upset uh the writers al goff miles millar miles miller and cameron litvak now was that john litvak's son Remember John Litvak, who worked uh, at the WB? Who's I, very- I know John very – I remember John very well. He's unfortunately passed away. We became actually really good friends after this show. He was a very wise man that I think uh, Al Miles and really leaned on. He was, in very, he was a very big advocate of the show on the studio side. I loved and, him. And, and I think he was like – he was like our show's Gandalf in a way. <laughs> he looked like Gandalf. He looked like you know Uncle I mean? Jesse He had from responsibility, but he had wisdom. Yeah. Yeah, he was really good. Guest stars Ronaldo Rosales as Tyler Randall, good-looking guy. Jason Connery, Sean Connery's son, as Dominic Sanatori. And Dominic. Sheila Moore as Birdie Sykes. What a name, Birdie Sykes. Um, the synopsis. Tyler Randall is resurrected after a piece of meteor rock is embedded in his wrist after a fatal fall. Everyone he touches turns to ash. He uses this power on a crusade to ease the pain of the terminally ill and has his target set on Mr. Fordman. Meanwhile, Lex thwarts his father's attempt to audit his books, and Whitney works up the courage to visit his ailing father. Yeah. A couple takeaways from this one. You know? One, one was we started filming a couple days before my birthday, and I remember Terrence saying, well, it's a 
it's a it's always a good thing to work on your birthday. It's a good sign. It's good luck. And I was like, is it? And he goes, well, I just say that. <laughs> yeah, I think he just said it. <laughs> um, he was like, I don't know. <laughs> we can get into this episode. We're getting into this episode. But this is certainly one that I was surprised it was such a that they did this episode towards the end of a season, the first season. It just seemed like, what is this? kind of episode like i i just i was just like i didn't i it wasn't i just couldn't get into it really i mean i like the father relationship the father-son relationship with clark and john and a couple scenes with me and lionel but other than that it was just kind of ridiculous by the way how handsome did lionel look he did john glover when you guys i i know it's toward the end of the episode when you open up the trunk at the end of the toward the end of the episode Mm -hmm. how handsome did john look i mean that's the, that's all I could think about. He was handsome. Those long locks. Yeah, it, but it was that shot in particular. He looked he looked younger. He looked he looked Dunning. fresh. <laughs> he did. Yeah. I think because he wasn't working at all on the show, and that was his only scene. That he came and he looked just dynamite. He did this beautiful thing, and 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 thank you, anyone who's listening. I know we're jumping to the end, but we're excited when when you're when Lex is like look in the trunk, and he walks over. And he goes, "What did you do? What did you do? What did, that's oh. not written." That's no. him. What did you do, son? What did, what what did, did you, you do? do? What did you do? And then what he opens up the trunk, do? and obviously he says, you know, well done. But, uh, <laughs> well done, son. That was, my, that was my favorite scene in the episode already. So thank you for joining us today. We're all done. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No, I think, I think the big takeaway of this episode is, uh, you know, the, all, it was difficult to watch because it's about people. There's a lot about people dying and people wanting to die and people helping people die. But I think the biggest takeaway for me is the father-son relationship on both sides of Lex and Clark of don't repeat the past or try not to. I think that's the positive side of it. But this was a, I I found this episode a little difficult to watch. It wasn't quite as let's save the day as some of the episodes are. Tyler Randall wearing a kryptonite (laughs) bracelet visits his dying mother in the hospital who asks him to help her die and bury her in Smallville. Tyler agrees, smothering his mother with a pillow. This causes doctors and security to rush in, and in a struggle, Tyler falls from a window to his own death. I I thought the security guard in that scene did a great job. Yeah. Not because he threw him out the window. That was a mistake. I mean, I don't think he meant to do that. But I think just the way he came into the room and his focus, because that guy, that actor... What preparation does he have? You know what I mean? He just came in, but he was focused. And he I could see that he he wasn't like, I'm going to throw this guy out the window. He's like, I'm going to stop this guy. And then the guy goes out the window in a cut, which is great. Because he could have yeah. very easily come in, I'm going to throw this guy out the window, which has been more of a UFC sort of situation. <laughs> but, you know. Yeah. I didn't really notice that as much as I thought it was a kind of like a, an intense kind of emotional scene. Like, who's this guy? And that was his, his mother's dying and she wants him to, you know, this is a hard thing. I mean, I couldn't do that. It, it said or maybe like, I could. It said a different tone. <laughs> it was the whole that. But that opening was like a different tone from a, are you going to you're going to kill someone else? <laughs> maybe Just my maybe I yeah, maybe that opening I set a different tone than what I thought the episode was going to be. Yeah, it was a lot darker. It was. Um, yeah, it was it was uh, deeper. Yeah, and uh, that it was, was kind of Reaper. It. it was Reaper. It was a taste of the macabre. I I <clears throat> do think this is a little outside of the wheelhouse. I mean, I started watching. I tried to start. So I, I tried to start watching this episode. My wife and I wanted to put it on. We were going to watch it with our kids, and we would be like, "Oh, cool!" And then it started. <laughs> and then after we're about halfway through the first scene, I'm like, "Nope." <laughs> Not age appropriate right now. <laughs> like, you know, this, this whole little... episode to me it was just a, a real stretch. Yeah. It was just trying to do something, the freak of the week thing, and it just—I just didn't, you know, I wasn't buying it. I wasn't buying that this good kid would now start, I guess, inadvertently killing people, you know. But I, I, I think, you know, well, I thought he, I, I think the idea was he convinced himself he was helping people. I, I think the best performance of the episode is Annette. Annette's performance is fantastic. Oh yeah, she does a great performance. Beat yeah. by beat as always, but Yeah, she nails it. While at the corner, it's seen that the bracelet has wedged into Tyler's wrist during the fall. The coroner goes to remove it causing green to emit from his wrist. Then right before cutting open 
Tyler by the coroner. Tyler wakes from the dead, grabbing his arm. This causes the coroner to disintegrate. Uh, look, again, it was 20 years ago, so the effects are <laughs> what the effects are. It was kind of a little bit like, eh, now it doesn't hold up. But I'm sure then it kind of made you go, oh, wow, look at that. That's kind of cool. Back in Smallville, Martha and Clark meet the new volunteer at the mobile meal service for the lonely elderly. The new volunteer is Tyler. The three go to visit Mrs. Sykes, who is in pain, and Tyler promises to come back the next day with more flowers as a gift. I believe he promised her she wanted a rose. Well, now, uh, real, real quick, I just going back to Annette. I I think that that scene outside with, you know, Clark is a little reluctant to go in there because he doesn't think he's can offer anything. And Annette has this great line. Martha has this great line where she says, um, "You're not saving them from dying. You're saving them, saving them from being loneliness. lonely from loneliness." Yeah. And I and I thought that was uh, that that was well written. Yeah, I do too. Because I think that's, that's, you know, I I talk to my grandma all the time and she's 94. And the big issue is her loneliness or spending a lot of time alone watching Wheel of Fortune. And, you know, and now she has this friend, uh, Nadine, at the uh, assistant living. And uh, she loves Nadine. And Nadine can drive still. She's 10 years younger and they hang out and they play poker. And it makes me really happy because, yeah, it's like, what can you do? And as a younger guy, you know, um, well, you said you just sent me a video. I think it was yesterday on Instagram. You forwarded me a video mm-hmm. about the guy who randomly walks up to the old guy on the street and says, "You want to come to Disney World with me?" Oh him. man, that's touching, isn't it? And that guy, I mean, made his life. He's like, you don't know what this means to me. And so many things came through my mind of like he he's thinking about his parents, he's thinking about his kids, he's thinking about his brother. He so much is going through that man's emotional state, and I think that. I mean, I think we've gotten off the episode a little bit right here, but I think it's just beautiful. I think it's what your what your grandmother's found is amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he says something like, uh, "You know, um, I thought my life was over." That's yeah. what the old man says, and a lot of times that's what they think. They think, "Hey, everybody has their life. They're all young people. They're li- living their life there, and I'm I'm at the end of mine, and no one really cares, and should they even care?" And it's like you kind of give up. You, that's, I think, how, how people die fast sooner because they're just kind of giving up. Uh, so at the Luther Mansion, Dominic, um, Sean Connery's son, surprises Lex to let him know Lionel is disappointed after an audit caught some accounting irregularities with Lex's business handlings. Lex runs into Clark at the town, and the two talk about the differences in their father-son bonding fishing trips. Lex then offers Clark two box seats to the next Metropolis Sharks football game. At the town, Lana receives a call, learning that Whitney's dad had another heart attack. Lana and Clark go to visit him and learn Whitney hasn't checked on him yet. Was that the scene where you're, uh, where Whitney's playing basketball? Uh, I think that comes later. I mean, I'm happy to talk about that scene as well. But uh, I think that that scene comes later in the episode, unless I'm wrong, right? Yeah, I mean, no, you're right. Yeah, I think you are right. You are right. Back at the farm, Jonathan <laughs> is questioned by Dominic on why Lex has been spending so much time and money researching the crash involving Clark. Jonathan plays dumb to Dominic, but it's a, but is upset that Lex is prying. Um, later that night, Jonathan is dismissive of the invite to the football game from Clark and instead warns him that Lex has been looking into the crash more. Clark tells him he already knows that, and Jonathan is upset that he wasn't aware and able to protect Clark and his secrets. This leads to Clark blowing up at his father in a very angsty teenage way. Yeah. I, uh, I thought it was a little out of the blue for Clark. I thought it was a good scene, but it was like, holy shit, why is he being so mean to his dad? Why is he being why is he being a teenager? I guess that's <laughs> what you were doing. I guess that's what you were doing. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's I I recall that I, I do recall that scene. I mean, at the time we were filming this, I was a little bit older than what Clark was. Uh and I remember with John being a wise sort of father as he as he was, is. And I remember being like, this is this is a lot of acting right now because I don't agree with what my character is doing, but my job is to portray my character's emotion. So, and John allowed me to do that because <laughs> in some ways I thought John would just sort of like smack me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> John How dare you? John would have smacked Tom, but Jonathan would not do that to Clark. So 
You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? If I'd come up to set and been like that, acting like that, John would have been like, "What are you doing? What are you doing?" So there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of performance in that. Talkville is brought to you by Good Chop. If you haven't heard us talk about this, uh, this this is unbelievable. This is an unbelievable company. Good Chop offers fully customizable boxes of high quality meat and seafood delivered to your door on schedule. I cooked some of these steaks. And it was the best meat I've had. And I'm not, I want, I'm going to name drop, but I went, I won't name drop. I went to my friend Skeet's house and we barbecued and I put these on the grill and I don't know what it was, but good shop completely sold me. Uh, You can choose from over 70 high quality cuts, 100% grass fed ribeyes, USDA prime filet mignon, free range and organic chicken breast, pork tenderloin, thick cut bacon, uh, they also have wild-caught seafood, salmon, Pacific cod, scallop, shrimp, and more. Tom, have you had this? No, this is good stuff, guys. Um, I've had it all, and I want more. I mean, that's, that's the easiest way to breathe. Say. Yeah, it's uh, I really am. When I get these boxes, I get so excited because I know I'm going to be fed for the week. And what's great is it doesn't cost a fortune for this great. You could have quality meats. Uh, Good Chop's price per meal starts at just $3.74. And unlike a lot of companies, Tom, Good Chop sources its meat and seafood exclusively from American farms and fisheries so you can support local family farms and independent ranchers right here in the U.S. The products are vacuum sealed and frozen at peak freshness so you can stock your freezer and cook when you want, just like I do. Good Shop especially prides itself on sourcing meat that comes with no antibiotics or added hormones ever. No artificial ingredients, only the good stuff. And, you know, they're so they're so confident in this product, as am I and Tom here, uh, that they offer 100% money-back guarantee here. So love Good Shop or get your money back. This stuff's the real deal. If you want delicious meats or seafood, this is the place. Good Shop. Go to goodchop.com slash talkville120 and use code talkville120 to get $120 off across your first four boxes. That's code at talkville120 at goodchop.com slash talkville120 for $120 off. goodchop.com slash talkville120 code talkville120. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, a lot of us wish we had more time, but time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you, so you could do more of it. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself, and it isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. Therapy can help everyone be the best they can be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Listen, learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Dot com slash Talkville. We cut back to Mrs. Sykes' home where we find Tyler is returned with a rose. After touching and killing her dog, he laments over <laughs> laments over the grief. He laments <laughs> over the grief that next she episode having and gives her the touch of death. The next day, Martha tells her concerns that he and his father will drift apart and urges them to make up. Lex meets up with Jonathan in the Kent farm to share how he's envious of the relationship the Kents have as a family and lets him know the tickets to the game were a gift. Jonathan has no sympathy for his plea, questioning Lex on why he was investigating Clark. Now, here's the I, thing. Oh, you know, Lex says he stopped investigating you, but that was a while back. So now it's kind of all brought up again. So wouldn't that mean he's continuing his investigation and lying to you? No, that's Sean Connery's son who's following up on the investigation. He's just that trying you to started, but you failed. He's you, meddling. He's meddling in the shit. He's meddling. Yes. Clark meets up with new haircut Whitney yep. <laughs> at school. He's got a very short haircut. Yes, he does. 
at school, and the two discuss Whitney's internal conflict on avoiding seeing his father in that state. Because is that the basketball scene? Uh huh. Uh-huh, because he wants to keep the memory of him being the strongest man he knew. Clark ends the conversation by saying he'd take the man over the memory. And there's little like Blanche. You. Look, this is little Blanche. Come here, Blanche. Hey, Blanche. How are you, Blanche? Good to see you, Blanche. I like that basketball scene. Um, I I I like to play basketball. I played basketball growing up. Mm-hmm. I like, you know, every time I see a basketball or a football, I tend to pick it up and want to shoot or throw or this and that. And in that scene, I Clark really wasn't allowed to. And I remember that's what I remember about that scene is that I wasn't allowed to shoot. <laughs> and that I was watching <laughs> I was watching him shoot and being like, I just want to rebound and like dunk it or something. Yeah, like, you don't give a shit what he's saying is what you're telling me. <laughs> just like well, well, he's unloading about his dead dad or his come dying on, dad. Shoot! And then you just dunk on him. Like I don't know. Yeah, just by the I way, mean... <laughs> have you ever noticed that Clark is always like going to talk with Whitney and Whitney, they're not friends. And yet he always opens up to Clark. <laughs> and tells him these things he'd be he just doesn't like him he knows he's always like talking to lana is in love with lana but he he for some reason he's gonna open up to clark and tell him things that he never tells lana i tell you what there's a there's a joke in there there's a there's something between the three of them there's a joke in there somewhere (laughs) there is clark can you go talk to my boyfriend clark can you go talk to my girlfriend (laughs) that's the it's like yeah you're the gay best friend note 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 to uh all of our listeners when you talk to someone else about the issues in your relationship it doesn't help you need to talk to the person you're in the relationship with amen but that's why this television show works because that's the tension chloe is on the hunt for what's going on once again and after hearing about the disintegration of mrs sykes she finds a similar story of the same occurrence with a coroner not too long ago. Her and Clark go to investigate the house, and Clark notices the yapping dog, Pepper, is gone. He then uses <laughs> X-ray vision to see the ashes of the dog, Pepper, and he notices a white rose at Sykes' bedside. He proclaims what happened may have been combustion, but it wasn't spontaneous. Martha arrives at the mobile meals to drop off some produce. She runs into Tyler. Tyler offers a hand, but when he touches the produce, it all turns to ashes. Martha asks Hank, the manager, to call the sheriff. Instead, he tries to stop Tyler from fleeing and disintegrates after grabbing him. Well, Clark has put the pieces together. He goes to the mobile meals to confront Tyler. Luckily, he arrives in time to save his mother before Tyler flees. Why is Tyler like bad now? Why is he going to kill her? Why does he, why isn't he wearing the gloves? Why does he kill the guy there? Why does he, why does he even try to put his hand on Clark to kill him? It's just like, he's not a killer. You know, I'm trying to think of a reason. There's not one. There's not one. There's no (laughs) reason. He's just, he's just starting to walk around being like, instead of like, I'm going to save you. He's like, I'm going to let you go. I'm just going to help you out. Yeah, and I have a big, big, big problem with the ending, and I'll get to that. I don't think he tried. He didn't try to kill anybody. It just happened. He was just sort of milling around behind the scenes without his gloves on, and then surprise, here come some vegetables. Oops, now you know my secret. I don't want to hurt. Then Clark's there. Now I have to kill you. Well, I mean, Clark was just in the, I don't know. He didn't mean to kill what, what the hell is hey. Hank either? Hank was just like, hey, stop. He's like, oops. I liked Hank. I wanted Hank to be in some more episodes. He was like, hey, Martha, how are you, Clark? Uh, I work hey, here uh, at the uh, uh, mobile meals department. Uh, I'll help you out. And I don't know if it was Kristen or Allison later Wilford in the episode. Brimley. They call it mobile meals. And I was like, what is that? Mobile meals. Get yourself some Quaker oats. It will help you with your diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> That night, Jonathan goes to console Clark, who is unable to put down the walls and bury the hatchet with his father. I think this is Ryan's favorite scene. We'll we'll see. At the Talon, Lana tells Clark that Whitney phoned her and wants to meet up. Wait, 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 wait. You can't just blow past that scene of Jonathan and Clark in the loft. I mean, that was was really cool. I mean, the, the first time that Clark is really blows up at Jonathan, you know, Jonathan sort of says, you know, I, I, he says, I, that didn't come out right. And John's like, no, I think it did. And he walks away. And then he comes back up to the loft, sort of an olive branch. I think this is a lot of character building between the two. And I, I think it was, it's very difficult, I think, in these situations for a parent to talk to their child. And I, and I think that's a very big scene. That's why I think it's I, I, You know what? I didn't think about that. But it is. I think a lot of parents have trouble talking to their, their kids. 
and they think, oh, you know, it will pass over. I think that like if my father would ever ever have ever talked to you, <laughs> had, had ever just talked to me and said, hey, I want to sit down and talk to you. And I know you're having a tough time, but let's talk about this. Or I just want you to know I love you. Your mother and I love you. I mean, these are and all wanna, like these and never I, happen. I'm here to listen. Life would have been so different. It really helps your kids. If you could just get to their level and just say, hey, I know you're a teenager. I know you're figuring stuff out, but I'm here for you. I just want you to know I'm proud of you. These little things in the developmental stages of a child are tremendous. And if you don't give that to them, you're looking for you're looking to be lambasted later in life. <laughs> well, know. I mean, what's what, look? I mean, we talk you you know on your other podcast, you and I have talked, and we talked about on this too about therapy. A lot of therapy is just having someone to hear you. Yeah, listen. You know, just listen. listen. I mean, no. I, I I agree, Tom. I, I thought that was a good scene. It was, uh, Thank you. you, you could, you could, but you could feel the tension between like, oh, we got to talk, but we're not going to do it. And that felt well, very, that it, felt very real. Yeah. And very easily. And, and, and kudos to, um, to Schneide that he very easily, there's a point where he turns to walk away. He could have very easily been like, ah, you know what I mean? Like, damn it. I, I tried this damn kid, but he didn't, he, you could see that he looks he's sad, like, you know, he looks sad. Yeah. At the Talon, Talon, Lana tells Clark and Whitney that Whitney phoned her um, uh, and uh, wants to meet up. Lex comes in and tells Clark that he's rescinding the tickets and thinks he should spend quality time fishing with his father. Well, and she did say Which, phoned. Was that, is that, that, no one in America's is phoned. Is that a Canada slip up? She said phoned. Well, he phoned me last night. No, Whitney phoned. I've heard it before, especially called, back then. Called me? I would, you know, she would say called. Clark phoned me. All right. Lana meets up uh, with well, Whitney. I think it was really cool that they wrote the episode where Lex shows up and says, I'm rescinding it. And I like the way that you played it where it was just, it wasn't like apologetic. It was just, this is what's happening. You know what I mean? It was very just real, which allowed Clark to kind of understand that it was calm and true as opposed to like, you know, trying to, you Lex wasn't trying to control Clark's relationship. He was controlling his own choices. And I thought that was cool. Hmm. Lana meets up with Whitney to talk about his dying father at the gravesite of her dead father. For some reason, freezing cold temperatures. They'll meet there. Let's the two share an embrace, and she encourages him to go see his father. Then uh, she's like, hey, he's like, hey, you want me to walk you back? She's like, no, no, I'm going to stay here and be alone. <laughs> Lana runs into Tyler when leaving the gravesite, who tells her he doesn't want to hurt anyone else. Does yep. anybody know why Tyler was there? No clue. Because he just what? on he's just take, taking a shortcut on his way home. Why is Tyler there? I okay, so I assumed I it that. was because he was there to visit the grave of his dead mother. Who's not but dead. But she's not dead. So, so I, he's like, where's the grave? He's so he's confused. Like I I is, you know, just watching. I'm just gonna say this that, is the word. It's too convenient. Or is he just sort of like, I killed people. I think this he was taking a shortcut on the way home. Just cut through the graveyard. Yeah, I don't buy it. Everybody in Smallville knows this. It's the shortcut. Yeah, cut, cut. It's right in the middle of town, right? Yeah. Just cut through it. That's the cut through. Apparently, Tyler overheard the conversation with Whitney and tells her he can help with the pain Whitney's dad is going through. And then he super speeds out of there somehow. Back at Luther Mansion, Lex gives a, uh, another history lesson of how the Persians dealt with their enemies before hinting that he spiked Dominic's drink. Um, that was kind of neat. It was kind of like going, hey, we're seeing a darker side of Lex. It was the first like evil thing that I think he did. Yeah, he was like, yeah, you're going to mess with me? No one messes with me. Yeah, I like I kind of like I like, the, I, I like the way that you established that you were uh, an adversary now. Mm-hmm. Yep. As Chloe continues to investigate, they find out Tyler's mother actually didn't die. And they assume the mix of painkillers and meteor rock is causing the deathly touch. And this is why not all dead people are getting resurrected. Whitney arrives to visit his father and finds Tyler waiting in the hospital. Tyler throws Whitney into a sink, knocking him out. As Tyler goes to give Mr. Fordman the touch of death, Clark arrives to stop Tyler Clark tells Tyler that he's taking away people's last moments and, and the, his mission isn't as noble as he thinks it is. He also reveals that Tyler's mother didn't pass. Tyler goes to see his mom and is horrified with the idea that he has been unjustly killing people. So he decides to put his hands together and off himself. Is that count <sighs> toward the save count, do you think? What do you mean, save count? Well, there's save and death count. So did uh, he, he save died. himself he died. from killing other... He, so that's a... It's okay. a death. He killed himself. 
He offed himself. Mm. But you know what? He didn't need to. In all this time, how do you not touch your hands together? <laughs> I mean, did he not shower? Did he not shower? And like, I mean, did he know that he couldn't touch himself? This is the first time he's touched himself. I, I mean, did this? Uh, I, you never know. Sometimes these episodes really take place within like. 10 hours or 12 hours Maybe but i usually let shit go i'm like all right i'll let that go i'll let that go this was just it was hard to you know it was hard to let go well how many it wasn't that long it was it probably was like two like less than two days this whole thing all right so he didn't shower and he didn't touch himself i know it took 12 days to shoot it because it <laughs> took 12 days to shoot yeah. all of them <laughs> Lex meets up with his father to confront him on having Dominic look into the funds he's been spending. Lex tells Lionel that he's afraid he won't need be needed anymore. Lionel tells him, you will always need me, son. Lex yeah. then presents a kidnapped Dominic in the trunk of his car. This is the scene we talked about earlier. I just thought that, again, John looked beautiful. <laughs> the episode closes on a make-a-wish type of scenario where Lex has arranged for Whitney to quarterback the Smallville Sharks. And before that, you notice how Lex gets out of his car shows his dad that Dominic's in the trunk and then walks away, just like walks away. Do you think he left the car? He left the car. Well, maybe he got a metro card. That's his office? Do you think that's how he gets into his office? I mean, there's no Uber back then. It should have. It should have. So Lionel shows up in his Bentley, which I remember being like, oh, that's cool. That's that's expensive for our show. And then he looks in Lex's trunk and then Lex walks away. How did Lex get home? I would have had at the end, I would have had him just like looks at the trunk and looks at Lex and says, well done. And Lex just stands there looking at his father. It just, you don't need him to walk away. It was just, it just bothered me a little bit, but you know, that's. Well, I, I, I think the idea is he's leaving, Lex is leaving Lionel with his own garbage to deal with. Hmm. What I what could have been fun right. is if Lex walked over to the Bentley and drove that away, took his dad. Yeah, it takes his dad, sure. <laughs> The episode closes on a make-a-wish type of scenario where Lex has arranged for Whitney to quarterback the Smallville Sharks in a scrimmage so his dying father can see his son play for the team. Jonathan shows up to compliment Lex for what he's done. Lex tells Jonathan he's officially closed the book on what happened on the bridge. Clark and Jonathan bury the hatchet, and Jonathan shares how he doesn't want history to repeat itself with the relationships he had with his father. I thought that was really nice. I really felt like, you know, I thought about that. I thought about that with my father. I was like, you know, again, you, you... you have to sever the line. You have to just new beginnings. Just because you had a bad childhood or just because you didn't like your father doesn't mean you should be a dick. Well, there's a lot of programming that happens before you're ever aware of that as a child. And as an adult, your 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 challenge is to create your own operating system that you will then use with your child. I mean, this is easy to say and whatnot, but I it, it it's not it's severing, but it's also like identifying what how you were raised and how you now want to raise your children is a is a big thing and it's and it's very difficult um as you know yeah it's not easy (laughs) it's not easy interesting things of note folks interesting things of note if you need to hire you need indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast and indeed doesn't just help you hire faster 93 percent of employers agree indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent indeed survey with indeed everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What companies would you want to work for? Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the prestigious Just Capital 2024 seal. Bank of America is ranked number one in the banking industry and number one for their ongoing commitment to workers, offering best-in-class benefits, including a minimum wage of $25 an hour by 2025. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. 
The symbol of mobile meals is ironically two hands touching. This represents Tyler Randall's ability. Ah, hmm. In this episode, Lex Luthor uses the term Superman, but he is not referring to Clark. Rather, he is referencing a quote from a book while speaking with Dominic Senatore. Despite the fact that George Fordman was constantly mentioned in the second half of this season, this is the only episode where he actually appears. However, the actor got paid for every episode he was mentioned in. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he wishes. You know, we talk about highlights and we talk about lowlights. And um, I think this is the first episode... I think this is so far. This is my least favorite episode out of every episode we've seen. That is, that's a guarantee. Oh, I thought the other one with, where Whitney was like off going off the rails was worse. Oh, where he joins the group. Yeah, yeah, that was kind of stinky. This is a, oh the the gang, the Kryptonite gang. Yeah, again, guys, listen. listen <laughs> are listen. you are you anti Whitney? No, anti no, just anti Whitney <laughs> being the center of the episode. No. Pro Whitney's new haircut. 22 episodes a season is incredibly difficult. Oh, yeah. They don't do that often now. But, you know, it's very hard to write amazing episodes every week in, week out. So if you could get five or ten good ones, you're doing really well. And so this happens. You're going to get a couple of duds in the mix. And so we've had a couple of duds, but we've had some great episodes and some character-driven episodes. And hopefully uh, with, uh, I guess, five episodes left to go, left to go in this season, we'll have some strong ones. I, I I think we have to grow as a podcast and understand that when we bring on Alan Miles, um, as brilliant as they are, we 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 need to bring them on on episodes that are horrible, <laughs> so that they can help us understand. Here's the problem. I know you're kidding, I know but I'm we kidding. really shouldn't have to. Look, I'm not going to try and like something because it seems like the right thing to do. If I don't like something, I'm like my grandfather. He, You knew he didn't like something. That's just no, the way I it didn't. is. When I love something and I think that then you know it, you're like, he, he, he really likes this. So that must mean something. Otherwise, if I like everything, you're going to be like, oh, he likes everything. Who gives a shit? I've been, I've been out to dinner with you and we went to this place I remember once and I was like, oh, you should get this. And you're like, don't want it. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, but it's their best. He, don't want it. <laughs> and you ordered something else. So I was like, all right, fine. I'm just setting my ways, man. That's not what I want. I'll tell you a good series, by the way. Let's not talk about it right now, but just a second to talk about it. The new Jeffrey Dahmer series on Netflix creeped me the F out. Welling, if you watch it, you're going to have nightmares. I won't, I won't watch it. I don't want nightmares. I'm not going to watch it. Thank you. It is effed up. No, thank you. The actor, Evan Peters, I'd love to get him on my uh, Inside of You podcast. Boy, is he good. Holy crap. All right. Uh, I think it's time now for questions. The hotline, folks. It's the hotline. We're going to talk to some patron. You get the patron privilege. These first two questions from Michael P. and Raj are um, from patrons, those guys who support the podcast, patreon.com slash talkville. Join and support the podcast more. Help us out. Here we go. Michael P. Michael P. Hey all, this is Michael Piccioni from College Station, Texas. In the episode Reaper, we have bodies turned into ash left and right. What in the world did the production team use as ash on the set? I thought the special effects were really darn good. Thanks, guys. Michael P, you're too kind. Great question. No idea. No, I don't, or I don't recall. It, it, we may have just faked it. I don't know. I don't recall. I think they probably just matched something to what you know a disintegrated body would look like, like ash, like you know, um, there's you know they probably. Those guys dig deep, and uh, I think they got something that closely would resemble ash from a human being or an animal, and uh, the rest was CGI. Or, or, or a fireplace? Could be. I think that's a little more dense. I'm pretty sure they didn't source their ashes from actual beings. <laughs> just, I don't that's know. I'm saying. I don't know. But uh, thanks, Michael P. Thanks for all your support, brother. Here's uh, Raj. I do love my Raj. He likes horror movies, too. Um, also, Speak No Evil is a great movie. Intense. Here we go, Raj. Hey, Raj here. I was just watching Reaper with my headphones in, and a cool little detail I noticed was when Clark is using his x-ray vision to look for the dog in Mrs. Sykes' house, there is a sound effect of a dog barking layered into the x-ray vision sound effects. So, <laughs> cool little thing that somebody in sound put in there, and I thought would be cool to let All you right. guys know in case you didn't notice. Thanks. 
Wait a minute. No, what, what, did, what did he say? What happened? I love that. So when Clark used <laughs> his x-ray vision to see yeah. the dead dog. So he sees the dog and apparently because he's got the headphones on, which now I'm going to watch every episode with headphones <laughs> so I can hear this. Apparently when Clark uses his x-ray vision to find the dead dog, there's a sound effect of a dog barking. <laughs> That's awesome. I didn't Why? know that. Thank you. Great call. Why would there be a sound of a dog barking? Who knows? But it's awesome. Wow. It's a, that was not even a lie. It's just an, it's just a heads up. But I, I missed that. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna wear headphones from now on. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the Just Capital seal. Bank of America is ranked number one for ongoing commitment to their workers with initiatives like Sharing Success, which awarded 97% of their teammates additional compensation, nearly all in stock. This is the program's seventh consecutive year, awarding more than $4.8 billion in total. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. All right, here's our next... Uh, yeah, post having some fun with it. Next listener, I love it. kids. Next listener, here we go. Hi, my name's Imogen. I'm calling from Adelaide, Australia, the episode Reaper. So in one of the scenes, Reaper. Lex is talking to Clark about... Uh, a trip to South Australia, which is where I'm from. And throughout the time of my brother and I watching Smallville, we've noticed quite a few South Australia references. For example, the Crows, which is quite a big team in Australia in Adelaide Football League, Australian Football League. So I was wondering, are there any connections that you know about between the writers and Australia or particularly South Australia or anyone else involved in the show? Great work, guys. Thanks. See ya. I don't think so. I remember, no. Where was Christine from? Was she from New Australia? Zeal she's from New Zealand. She was New Zealand. New Zealand, like. But I, th I think that there is, listen, I, I, I don't know if there's a direct correlation, but I think that the idea of Australia is so exotic and it's so far away that it would, it, it just, it's, it's cool to think that Lex has something going on so far away. That, yeah, they tend they have they have a propensity for doing that where they talk about like things that happen overseas and things. It, it just sounds more dramatic, you know. Sounds like he's lived more. He's you know he's traveled far. What according to Google, Miles Millar was born in Australia. Wow, that oh, explains Miller. That. Miles Miller. Miles Miller. It's not Millar. Whatever. <laughs> Bill Millar was the special <laughs> effects guy. It, it says always he always do that. No, he's born in a. It's it's mobile meals, not mobile. Meals. Well, he's British. Uh, born in Australia. That's all. It's, it just says Australia. Oh, so he's Australian. He's not. British. Grew up in Sydney. Emigrated to the UK <laughs> when he was nine. All right, here we go. This is the next uh, hotline. Hey question. guys, uh, this is Sam from uh, Ontario, Canada. I just wanted to first say uh, thank you guys for doing this podcast. I watch it every Wednesday, and it's uh, it's really amazing. I'm calling on the uh, regards to episode 17, Reaper. I got Dr. Jack Kevorkian vibes from this episode. So I really thought that that was clever. If there was a connection there at all um, with how they got the idea for this episode. Uh, so I was just wondering if your, your thoughts on that and if you guys also made that uh, connection as well. Thank you, guys. I did. I did make that connection. And thank you. That's really a, that's, that's smart that you thought of that. Um it's always been a big, you know, a topic that is people on both sides have points, right? It's is not your, uh, you don't have the power to take someone else's life. That is not your doing. You're not, but at the same time, it's a noble thing to help people who are in pain, who don't want to live anymore to give them peace. So there's two sides to every, you know, story, three sides, really, um, but I understand that. I understand that. And like, um, it was noble. Like he didn't want to do it. He didn't want to kill his mom. He didn't want to. But didn't she, I mean, not to she asked sides, him. but she asked him to do it. Am I, am I, I mean, am I, am I missing that? Am but I miss... still, but still it's illegal in most States. I think it's only legal. Um, oh. it's called active euthanasia 
and active euthanasia is where it's legal to take someone's life um through an injection or whatever it is and only allowed available i think in oregon i could be wrong but um then there's the passive euthanasia where you don't give any medications you don't give any food and you just let them die and that's another way of doing it but it could be horrible a horrible painful death i mean it just depends so i don't know it's a it's a it's up for debate i mean there's been a lot of debate on it um but yeah i did think about the kevorkian thing did you tom yeah it came to mind again that's how watching this episode at the beginning i was it was very difficult to watch yeah I, i wasn't sure what was going on so yeah all right here's keith Hi, Michael, Ryan, and Tom. It's Keith Gare calling from London, Ontario, Canada. Mm. Uh, really enjoying the podcast. Just finished watching Reaper, and the subplot was really dealing a lot with family and death and and those, losing people that you care about. And I'm wondering, um, it hit me a lot harder this time rewatching it uh, because I've lost both my parents. So I'm wondering if you guys, when you're filming it, had any really uh, difficulty filming any of those scenes because it was a lot of really heartfelt, deep, heavy stuff. <laughs> um, thanks and keep up the great work, guys. You know, I, I wasn't around for the filming of those scenes, and I don't think you were probably either, Tom. A lot of them. No, but... I didn't, except for coming in and saying, you know, stop. Yeah. Uh, the 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 heavy lifting I had was the father son stuff, which I do recall being fun. I mean, fun meaning like challenging as an actor and like, you know, being able to get closer to, to John and, and Jonathan, right. um, you know, and without, I remember not wanting to just be a completely petty teenager. Hey, how come you don't pay attention to me? Like that kind of guy. I, I, I wanted it to be a little more interesting. And I, and again, going back to that loft scene, I think we, we pulled it off on both sides with John's sort of his portrayal of a, of a, of a father who's trying to understand and wanting to connect. And, and, and it takes two people to bridge that gap. I think that's what really came through. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't just one person being available or the other. It was, they had to like meet in the middle. And I think that's, uh, that's how history didn't repeat itself. I think he was talking more about, you know, dealing with death and loss. Yeah. But again, I didn't, my character didn't deal with that other yeah. than to stop. But I, but, but while watching it, I definitely thought of my grandfather, and he was always a strong man. And I'm just like going, God, he wouldn't want to die like this. He wouldn't. He wanted. He want to go out strong. He want. He wouldn't want to deteriorate in front of people and have people take care of him. And it just wasn't in his soul. He'd be like, Get me out of here. You know, that's what he would do. So it made me think of that. Uh, okay, this is this is an interesting one. And you'll know why very soon, Tom and Ryan. Get ready. Hey, Tom and Michael. It's uh, Derek from Sault Ste. Marie, Canada. I just wanted to call in and uh, say that you know, the podcast is going really great. I'm loving it. Reaper was actually the first Smallville episode that I ever watched. And I was never really a big oh. Superman, uh, Clark Kent fan um, at that time. But seeing that episode completely turned me around. And I've been a Smallville fan ever since. Uh, keep up the great work. Take care. So this episode, it shows you how you never, everybody has their own opinion. And it, every, you know, there, there'll be a movie that affects you. And then the other, another person will watch and go, eh, this sucked. But it yeah. affects you. So everybody feels differently about everything. And this episode got this guy hooked on Smallville. I can see why. I mean, I feel like it's a pretty standard episode. I don't think it was like too far fetched i think it like it all the elements of a classic smallville episode were there as far as i know 17 episodes in but all right well i'm glad that it got you hooked derek and i appreciate you uh watching I, the podcast. I, I hope all the other episodes don't let him down <laughs> yeah all the good ones because if he's like oh i love this series because <laughs> this is to me it's a very different episode but this is yeah. an international person <laughs> this is sam serious not a question just a funny thing to point out this episode features the phrase my father 18 times did he, did he count he, i guess he counted oh, so many times so many times in this episode you, you heard say, that too yes my father you could play a drinking game to this one and you would be floored. 18 times my father <laughs> lex said it 18 times my father so. my everybody father. i'm so glad he counted because i nobody said my dad Clark said dad. He didn't say father. Lex always said father. Just the amount of times that uh, Lex said my father in this episode was notable. I thought. I'm glad someone found it. All right. All right. Uh, 
the Rosenbaum uh, rating. By the way, thank you guys for uh, calling in on the hotline. I appreciate it. Um, it's awesome. Rosenbaum rating. Let's start out with Ryan. One. You're going to give it one rose? I'm give it a rose. Sorry, you guys gave the last one two. I'm going to go zero roses. You're going to give it a heater. Yeah, I think it's a heater. I don't think anybody needs to watch this episode. Or if they do, I mean, I, God bless the, the gentleman who called in. Uh, I hope all the episodes are better than this one. So enjoy. Yeah, guys, I'm sorry. This is going to be my first bomb <laughs> of the series. Episode 17 will be Rosenbaum's first bomb. I'm going to give it one bomb. I thought this was by far one of the worst episodes. I thought you did. I thought everybody did a great job. Yeah, it wasn't just, that. The story just it, wasn't compelling. It just wasn't, you know, rewatchable. It's what it was. It's what it was. Um, you're going to have those. But some people probably like this episode. You know, great. I mean, you obviously did one rose. What the fuck are you thinking? I don't I'm not. Well, I'm not throwing out twos the way you guys are either. How many twos have I thrown around? One or two? Maybe three. Death count. Death and save count. Three people died in this. Tyler kills Mrs. Sykes, Frank the manager. Why'd you say it was Henry or Hank? Was it Hank or Frank? <laughs> this guy has one scene in Smallville. We ruined his character's name. And himself, he kills himself. Sorry, that's not funny. It just I'm laughing at the other thing. Two people saved in this episode. Clark saves his mother and Mr. Fordman through 17 episodes, 27 dead, 32 saved. Now it's time for Ryan's favorite scene. Now Bryce, next episode is going to tell us where we stand, but I'm I'm way ahead of Tom. I just want to tell yes. him that. I think you're at least three ahead. Yeah, I think you're you're right about that. And I don't. I really don't know. I don't feel confident I'm going to catch up. To be honest, you I'm might. For the I first mean, season, there's still you know five episodes left. Okay, Ryan, give us three scenes and we'll right. choose one. <clears throat> all right. Well, all right. Here are three scenes. Scene one, uh, the scene with Clark and John when they want to talk but they just don't. And there's a lot of tension and a lot of good. Wait, the acting. first one or the second one? The first one. The one. The the yeah. the first scene one. Uh, is when uh, Clark is in the barn, John approaches, uh, and Clark tells him about like how when uh, Tyler touched his face, and then he goes, hey, Dad, yeah, and then they don't talk. Uh, scene two, when Lex poisons the scotch, uh, and then scene three, just the, the make-a-wish thing at the end. Schmaltzy. Well, are you downplaying it? See? See what he did? Yeah. Damn it. I See, I fall for that not gonna fall what was the end what was the end one uh, just like the ending everyone has like you, know, you wrap it up and everyone's playing football i don't know <laughs> all it's, right i'll give you a hint it's not that one all right so we have one of two i because they needed a third scene i don't know i think it's number one which one is that clark and jonathan trying to talk i think it's lex poisoning um dominic for the first time uh, Tom wins this round. Whoa! Yeah. Boom! I'm on. Don't call it a comeback. <laughs> really? I, I oh, was. Yeah. I, it was good. No doubt. I found it. Uh, the, compelling. I mean, the performances were just better in that scene than the other ones. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Mm. <laughs> well, you know, even a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. Is that how it goes? I think so. Well, there you have it, guys. Um, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. We we dissected pretty well. Um, you know, I'm enjoying it so far. It's like, you know, you're going to have some bad ones. And then when you have the good ones, it's exciting. It's kind of like fun to talk about. Um, but this was even fun to talk about because you had to find some good qualities of it. I thought the guest stars did a great job. I think Tyler was really handsome. CW. CW handsome. I wonder where is Tyler now? Can you look real quick, Ryan? uh i did and what I about the uh, actress she's probably no longer with us is she uh let's see tyler i mean it's been 20 years and ronaldo rosales uh born in paducah Kentucky. Years since she didn't die on the show <laughs> Jesus. uh hasn't been up to much last decade okay that's all right that was kind of what about the woman hey just like you and me yeah exactly <laughs> well, we're doing a podcast uh the woman who uh miss sykes or uh right yep sheila sheila moore still alive born 1938 wow she, she was in the original it 62 72 80 she's only 84 
So she was. Wait she, a minute. Oh, she's not acting anymore. Though. She was only sixty-four when she shot that scene. What in God's name? <laughs> she's an actress. She was sixty-four playing a woman who's on her deathbed. Well, you can die at sixty-four. Well, you guys were mid-twenties playing high schoolers. Well, hey, I was mid-twenties. Don't yell at me. <laughs> I didn't cast me. Hey, so so hey, this is this is funny. So just recently, I was hanging out with the Lucifer cast, and we did a panel at a convention. And uh, obviously the, the talk is about Lucifer and somebody brought up a Smallville question and Tom Ellis, obviously who plays Lucifer on the panel to Tom, what's Smallville? And I go, Oh, it's a, it's a show about Lex Luthor and his high school friends. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I did. It was funny. Did you mention the podcast? Of course I did. Oh, good for you. You're a good yeah. man. I almost wore my, I, by the way, I got my merch. Um, I should have worn it today. But uh, we got some cool t-shirts and stuff. It'll be fun. Yeah. Uh, I guess that's it for this episode, guys. Stick around next week as we'll be back with episode 18, Drone. Drone. It sounds... I don't remember drone. Nah, me neither, but it doesn't... Eh. doesn't I, I bet it's not good. about a drone that flies around and takes pictures. No. I mean, it's not that. I wonder if it's about the, like, the drone bumblebees that are... Like, Probably. Because it's oh. it's his bee. It's about bees, I think. Oh, well, then I guess I kind of remember it. Let's take the discussion online. Let us know your thoughts on the episode <laughs> over on our socials at Talkville Podcast or at Talkville Pod. We really appreciate it. Write a review on Apple or where you get your podcast. Subscribe and YouTube and everywhere else and get everybody else to join. And uh, also, if you want to join Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash Talkville. It really helps. And our store is online. I like the way you did the uh, let's let's go out to the pool area. Let's go out to the pool area. Hold on. Let's let's call Bryce real quick. Let's call Bryce see if he answers. Bryce is like they're doing the podcast. This is the only time I have to myself. Yeah. <laughs> won't be calling. Br- Bryce, you're on the air right now on the sh- on the podcast. Uh, is is the Smallville merch store available now? It sure freaking is. Thank you, Bryce. Where do the people find it? They can find it at shop.talkvillepodcast.com. That's shop.talkvillepodcast.com. And what kind of merch is there, Bryce? Talkville merch. (laughs) Thank you, Bryce. (laughs) You've been a real treat. Thanks for always hooking us up, buddy. I appreciate you. All right. Bye, guys. Later. That was Bryce, our uh, wonderful producer who uh, keeps us in line. We couldn't do this without him. That's for damn sure. And really (laughs) quick. All right, guys, that's it. Uh, Let's take the discussion online. As I said, if you want to let us know your thoughts uh, for other episodes, questions on the hotline for season one, leave a voicemail at 213-538-2883. We love you. And uh, always hold on to Smallville. Tom, Ryan, good to see you guys. Thanks for having me, guys. See you guys. Hey, folks, it's me, Michael Rosenbaum, and Tom Welling here. Uh, and uh, we just want to say, look, we're doing some cool rankings as we close out season one. So be sure to head over to our site at talkvillepodcast.com to get involved and cast your votes. We need you. Right now, we're going to do the shout outs, top tier uh, shout outs to our patrons. Without you guys, where would we be? We'd be nowhere. Uh, join. Please join Patreon and support the podcast. Go to patreon.com slash talkville and uh, you really help us out. So, Tommy, take it away. Read some uh, shout outs here, buddy. With enthusiasm. All right. <laughs> Nikki G, Leanne P, Raj C, Janine R, Santiago M, Leah S, Little Lisa, Tom T, Sophie M, Betsy D, Liliana A, which we I mess up every time. You did it right. Abba. Abby P, Chris F, Kimberly E, Michael H, and Ray H. That's Harada. Uh, Karen M, Danielle B, 99 more, Lalani N, Catherine P, Brett G, Super Sam, always hold on to Smallville, Jeff E, Estevan G, DJ Kento T, Garrett W, Just JTR, Kimberly L, Teresa, Justin S, Tom N, Tony V, and Rodolfo V. And we got Jason W, Osama A, Nancy D, Brian G, Sarah W, Megan H, Artoon K, Justin T, and Lucy O, Grape Jelly 817, Jeremy G, Amanda R. Teddy 127, Michael P, Theo M, Ryan R, Grump, 
FBI disc. Uh, Jordan M, Hillary B, The Blur with a three, Craig G, Christy R, Polly Ann, Karen P, Derek G, Jarell, Richard S, Heather and Greg, Nico P, and Chase and Ramona. My goodness. Brian A's, Jason M, Georgina B, Eric K, Kevin E, Craig, Ashley, Ryan, Nanine W, Stephanie K, Aaron K, Darth Achilles. All right. Richard R, Finky, uh, Kenny S, Sydney S, Tito D, Mickey, Stephen F, Greg T, D, David, Deadvid, Deadvid, I'm not that bright, Deadvid, Allison H, General Zod, Warren N, Amara E, Theodore, It's underscore Kitty, Craig, Crack, K R A I C, Drew M, Connor M, Nathan, Nick W, and Adicelis R. Wow, well done. Is that R. Chelly's? Not R. Kelly, but R. Celis? <laughs> R. Celis R? Regardless, <laughs> we love you. We couldn't do this podcast without you. We're having a ball. We hope you're having fun too. And uh, Tommy, good to see you. We'll see you guys next time. Take care. <laughs> Not R. Kelly. <laughs> <laughs>